0: Thank you, Shelley. We can all breathe now. So one more notice that I would like to just um, highlight, and that is Sue. Where is Sue? Sue wants to, um, and is exploring and inviting anyone who's interested in doing worship dance. So don't worry, Dave and I won't be doing that. (laughs) I'm answering for Dave in his absence. Uh, but Sue would love to um, chat to people who might be interested. So if you can meet Sue at the back there near the, um, in the lounge, that would be great after the service and she will. In the back row by the coffee shop. So there where all those young guys are sitting. Okay. So in that little hooky over there. Moiman. I think that's everything. Are you guys all still doing Okay. That's good. So, I want to start this um, preach by saying, I never told Liam what I'm preaching and I didn't tell Maria what I'm preaching on. Just putting that out there. So, what I'm saying is God is incredible because He knows. So, the topic or the Preach that that um, that we on is all about miracles. Is that cool? Are you guys excited about this? I've been been wrestling with this um, this topic for for a couple of um, couple of weeks now that I've known that I'm that I'm preaching on, and particularly this week, um, been going through like in stuff in my own life and just like praying and wrestling with God, and. Um, and wrestling with this, this topic of, of miracles. And um, during worship, I just thought, that's our belief song. Could we put up, um, maybe the, I think it's, is it the pre-chorus? Uh, no. Um, okay. No, no, go back. Go back one, the, the chorus part. We sing these words, and it's not just the song, we, we, we sing a lot of songs in, in church. And we sing words like, all praise to God the Father, all praise to Christ the Son, all praise to the Holy Spirit, our God has overcome. <clears throat> Go back to um, the verse. The, we believe there's one salvation. That's pretty much the creed, for anyone who's read like the, apost- the, the, the creed. One doorway that leads to life, one redemption, One confession, we believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Do we believe that? Just asking. So I don't think it's a trick question. I'm just trying to um, check. Do we actually believe this? We sing about it. We sing about it. On Sunday in all our worship songs and we do this. My question, and this is what I've been wrestling myself. Why don't we see what we sing? Why don't we see what we sing? Do we believe that every person that confesses the name of Jesus and comes into the kingdom of God is a miracle? Do we really believe that? My understanding of that is when, every, when, when, when anyone confesses the name of Jesus and their names are written in the, the Lamb's book of life, the whole of heaven rejoices. For me, why are we not seeing more of this? Because I don't believe that God's passion for this has changed. I believe, I believe, the issue is actually on our side. I believe that we, the church, and again, not fountain, I'm talking about the churches of the globe, has an identity crisis. So we call the body of Christ. But we don't behave like the body of Christ. I'm not talking about our actions and our sins and that's I'm just talking about are we excited about what God is excited about? Or are we often more worried about our own comforts and sitting nicely on a Sunday? The scripture I want to preach on this morning comes from Luke 18. And I'm reading from verse 35. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of the crowd going past, he asked, what is happening? They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. <laughs> but he's quite a stubborn, oak. he's probably like me. He says, but this only made him shout louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. And when Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right. I love that. All right. Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God, and all who saw it praised God too. You know, we, we're part of a movement called the Vineyard, if you haven't noticed that. And um, I love listening to Wimber's testimony every now and again, and just to see some of the heart of, of, of where we came as a movement. And I remember Wimber had started, he got saved and he started going to church and he was so excited. And he started bringing all his crazy music friends and people from the world into the church. And eventually he said to the one pastor, and he said, please tell me, you know, every Sunday we come and we hear sermons and we read the Bible and we do the stuff, but when do we actually do this stuff? That's what he asked the, the the pastor of the church, and he said, oh no, 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 we just believe it, that, that, that God did it one day, and it's important that we read it to remind us, and you know, it's, makes us feel good, or whatever, like he said, I'm just like that paraphrasing. And that made me think, and Wimbo was like, no, we need to be people who are doing the stuff. The other example that he uses um, was, he had, plot, he had started like, obviously, the, the Anahm, your Belinda Vineyard, and God challenged him to preach on healing. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, could have been months, they were preaching about healing and were praying for people with healing and nothing was happening. And eventually he prayed for this woman and she got healed and that's a story about how she got out of bed and whatever and he was already apologizing that why she wasn't healed. And all of a sudden she was healed. And like he was so excited, he's like, we got one, you know. And then, like, he had his discussion with God, and he said, gee, God, like, why? And God said to him, John, don't preach your experience. Preach my word. And he also said to John, he said, remember, the problem is not on my side. The problem is on your side. And I'm saying to myself, this is the movement and our inheritance as a vineyard church. And I'm saying it is time, oh, yet I'm falling apart. I think it's time that we as a vineyard and as fountain vineyard grab hold of this again and saying, God, we want to believe that again and we want to see that. We want to be a part of that. Don't you agree? I was so excited and encouraged by when Maria came and everyone coming forward. I'm like, yes, stole my thunder, but that's okay. <laughs> God, how can you go before me like that? It's like unfair. But it's not about any of us. It's actually all about Jesus. And I love the story because I want to pick out five points. I'm starting to sound like Dave. There's five points in this whole thing. You know, but I want to pick out five things from the story that we can learn from. And hopefully, if we have the same mindset behind this thing and the same heart, it's not a formula, because there are no formulas. Jesus healed many people and they were all different. I think it shows us we don't have to do the same thing all the time for God to pitch up. And the first thing that I noticed in the story was that the blind beggar was passionate Can you imagine him sitting on the side of the road? So he can't see, obviously. So take that into consideration because it's very different, I'm sure. That So you can't see. Maybe close your eyes. But yeah, try this. Can you get dramatic and just close your eyes? I'm not going to hit anyone, I promise. So just imagine. So you're sitting on the street. There's a raucous going on. You don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, it's just getting louder around you. Do you think you're going to ask Hey, dude, what's happening? All of a sudden, this noise, and he goes, Hey, what's happening? What's happening? He was excited. He was like, what's going on? And then they said to him, just like I can imagine them just being like totally impatient with us. And they're going, man, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth is walking by. And then there's crowds. So do you think this guy just shouted, Hey, Jesus. Yo, hey, help me. He was extremely passionate. He was like, Jesus! Jesus! He started calling his name. And then everyone says to him, hey, keep quiet, man. You just, look, look." can you imagine the frustration and the irritation? Happens a lot in this country. It just frustration and irritation. Hey, you're insignificant. You're blind and you're a beggar. Keep quiet. And this guy, no, the passion inside him is like, I want this man to touch my life. I want healing this morning. And he shouted louder. And louder, and eventually Jesus heard him. And he said, well, hey, bring that man here. Bring him here. You see, it's his passion to get close to Jesus that began this journey of healing for him. And unfortunately, many of us have been in church for so long that passion, every time we pray for something once and doesn't happen, it seems to just... And our passion because we don't necessarily see healing and miracles all the time, our passion dwindles. If you were truly passionate about something, you would completely be excited about it. So the first thing about this was he was so passionate about encountering Jesus. It's not just about the, like asking God. He had no idea that God would say, yes, I will heal you. But he was passionate about encountering the person of Jesus. Are you so excited about encountering Jesus on a Sunday morning? In your quiet time in the morning, every morning? Are you excited about engaging God with someone in the street? Are you excited about encountering God that God could meet someone today, later on today, when you encounter and meet him? Are you excited about the possibility of someone new entering the kingdom of God today? Maybe some of you in the service need to encounter Jesus to meet him today. Are you passionate about that? And that's why I say the Western church has an identity crisis because we are not passionate about encountering Jesus on a day-to-day basis. We are not passionate about our friends and our family and the people we come into contact with encountering Jesus because we are too busy. We are too self-centered. And our hearts are not about what Jesus is on about, but it's often about us. I'm speaking completely to myself to this morning. Maybe none of you are in this boat and it's just for me, that's okay. I am seriously asking God right now at the moment, like God, what are you saying to me? Because I need to be passionate about Jesus above everything else. The second thing about this blind beggar which struck me, was he was persistent. He was stubborn in so much that he was, the more they told him to keep quiet, the louder he got. Now I'm gonna ask you to be vulnerable. When you've heard someone sick or you need something or praying for someone, who's prayed once and then never again? You've prayed once. Oh, at least I've got one or two people being honest. So when we come and pray for people at the front and we pray, we pray once. And if nothing happens, uh, the kingdom of God, not yet. You know, it's that tension. Well, you know, God obviously doesn't want to heal them. I'm not saying we need to, it's not about begging God. It's about, but if you are passionate about something, you will be persistent about something. I know, I've got a wife who's really ill. She struggles. And every time she's in pain and just laying in bed, she just puts out her hand and she says, pray for me. And I pray for her. And sometimes it's the quickest lack of enthusiastic prayers because it's all the time. So we in this thing for so long, and don't lie, don't laugh at me, Sean and Richard, you X, are all the same, <laughs> I can see you laughing, you know, because we're part of life, We life must move, and we're going this, and got, we're got busy, so we just like, slap on a thing, and just, oh God, just, you know, keep this woman like, quiet, then she takes her voice away, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm joking, I'm getting it into trouble here. Yeah. Stay focused, Harvey. So, and and, and we just do this like in a hurry. And it's like just tag it on, slap it on. It's just something we need to do, like a religious act. But we need to be passionately persistent in what we pray. If we are really trusting God to do something, we need to have passion. I'm not saying shout. I'm not saying harp up. I'm saying passionate, earnestly. Now God's got a funny way. Um, he has a very, very funny way of showing us when to be passionate and persistent. And it's called pain. When we're in pain, we become very passionate about what we pray for, and we become very persistent when we pray for. But then God answers those prayers, and then we fall back into just a quiet, mundane, religious thing. Is that true? Just ask someone who has perhaps lost a family member to sickness, or ask someone whose family has been torn apart. Wives left or husbands left and they're in crisis. Or someone who's been diagnosed with a severe illness. All of a sudden, there is passion. There is urgency. And there's persistency. We are praying to this until God does it. Not so? Now, we need to be praying with that same passion and Persistence. In every situation and every day in our lives. Because we want to see the miracle of God manifest itself in people's lives. I don't know about you. This is what I'm like really on about the moment. Am I missing it or are you guys with me? The third thing comes from the question Jesus asked this blind beggar. And Jesus said to him, when he eventually encounters him, Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Ah, oh, Jesus, just, oh, just give me a hug. It's very persistent, but very precise. And that's the third point. We need to start being precise about what we pray for. What is God asking us? Or What is God saying to you? What do you want me to do? What do you need from me? And it's that constant thing of telling God. Do you think God didn't know a blind beggar? I've told a story about coming being in Malawi times, and I think it was last year we were there and at this one church, all of a sudden there were like three blind people in front of us. You walk up to a blind person, you can see they're blind. It's not rocket science. So here's a blind beggar who goes to Jesus. Obviously, Jesus knows what's wrong with him. But Jesus says to him, what do you want me to do for you? He was specific. And he wants us to ask for what we need. Not because it boosts his ego, but it's good for us to say, Jesus, I need you to do this. And be specific. He was specific, this blind beggar. Are you specific in what you're asking God to do in your life? What miracle are you looking for? Are you needing in your life right now? And I'm sure if I can speak to every single person and say, What do you need right now? All of you will have something to say. But are you asking God with passion? For that? Are you asking God regularly, consistently for that? And are you being specific? And the fourth thing is you need to be positive in this. I'm not saying mind over matter and all that sort of nonsense and that we can manipulate God or whatever. But we need to come with a a sense of faith that God can do this. And I'm not saying that it's just our faith that heals people. Because obviously it's not. Because it's God who heals. But there is something when Jesus says, Your sight has been restored because your faith has made you well. We need to be people who truly believe that God can heal today that God wants to heal today. God is calling us to pray for people to be healed today because He loves His people. He invites us to ask for these things, ask what we need. He doesn't want to see His church and His people like floundering away. He wants us to do well. He desires us to do well. You know, sometimes we go and ask for things and you know, we, we're like, oh, God, I need this. And he's like, you know what, God, I just need, you know, I need my finances to be restored. I need my relationships to be restored. And God says to us, I get you. And sometimes that waiting period is a time where God is preparing us. In a simple thing, I'll say, for example, God, I want my relationships to be restored. Well, God says, well, go to my word and read about what instructions I've given you. And follow my instructions. And your relationships will be better. If you're struggling financially, maybe God says to you, well, I've given you financial principles in the Bible. Follow them. And I will come through with you. Follow God's pattern and God's blueprint into restoring things. And we will see what God can do. So be positive. Trust that God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. God wants to come through in those situations and those troubles in your life. And it's incredible that we are in a season where this world is shambles. I don't know what other word to use. People's relationships are in shambles finances in shambles, the governments are in shambles, and not just South Africa, the world, we can paint a really bleak picture. But despite that, despite that, God is on the throne. Despite all that, God is still moving and active amongst believers. God still wants to bless us. God still wants to pour out his spirit upon us. In fact, he wants to do it more and more and more. If we go back to the time of Jesus, Jerusalem and Israel were in no great shakes. They were being occupied by Romans. They were being oppressed. They were, the Christian church was being persecuted. It wasn't like there was this perfect Christian government But God moved amongst people because there was a hunger that was stirred in them to follow Jesus, for him to lead them out of this, not in the way that they thought, but in his way, his time, to see the kingdom of God break through time and time again in people's lives. Go read the encounter in Acts. I love that early church story where they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to one another. And through that, encountering God and miracles were happening all the time. And God added to their numbers daily. That's the blueprint of of, of what God wants to do in the church. We need to create space for him to do that. And the last thing about this blind beggar is when he left there, he carried on following Jesus. And he was praising God and thanking God. I want to see more space and more testimonies and more stuff of people standing up here on a Sunday and say, I want to thank God that my marriage has been restored. I wanna thank God that I've received this healing. I wanna thank God that God has taken this situation and turned it around into this or that. That's my desire, is that we become a body that celebrates the goodness, the miracles, the power of God in our lives more and more and more. Amen? If we really want to be the body of Christ, we need to be doing what Jesus did. We need to be passionate about this. You know, Jesus, talking about that lack of faith thing, when Jesus was teaching in the one synagogue in his hometown. And the, he started teaching and with wisdom and everything. People are like, what is he doing? You know, isn't this the carpenter's son? And Jesus never did a miracle in his hometown because of their lack of faith. I really pray that we don't become so comfortable with Jesus the carpenter's son. That we just go, oh yeah, that's just Jesus. I really pray that we will become so open and hungering. Hungry. So hungry. Hungering. Yeah. Oh, I'm creating a language quickly. We become so hungry. To create a space where God can just land, that his presence can just rest. And as we worship, as we fellowship, as we do life, his presence is doing what it needs to do. We can partake and participate with what he's doing, but it must be driven by us, it's not about us we need to take our eyes off ourselves and put it back on Jesus, fix it on Jesus because it is about the name of Jesus we sang it this morning and we're going to sing it again Anna? do we believe this do you believe what you've sung Do you believe that people can come into you on a Sunday or people can encounter you in the week and their lives can be changed? I'm so glad we have some excited people. (laughs) And if you ever, this I'm putting myself out here now, but you know, if you ever see me being bored about this please come and say, hey, are you excited about seeing God move in people's lives? I want to be way more excited about that than running a program. Programs come and go, but the job we in, I'm not talking about my job. I'm talking about the church. The job that you and I are in has everlasting effects. It's life and death. You can run an incredible CEO, a CEO position, and you can run a company, and it has effects on this earth. Make sure it's not only about that, but what you do affects the people for eternity. And all of us are in different positions in the world. And God has placed you there for to fulfill His plan and His purpose. To see the miracle of people you work with come into the kingdom of heaven. That's the miracle. People that are struggling with ginked up legs and bones and sickness, we called to pray for the sick and allow him to do it through you. So, can you remember the five points? No, I didn't think Monica would. Point number one is? Passionate. Point number two? Persistent. persistent. You're, you guys are good, eh? Point number three? Point number four? Sorry? Positive, yes. Be positive. Know that God will and wants to do this. And point number five be grateful and praiseful. Amen. I really trust. While the worship team, you guys can come, I've asked them to close with a song for, for ministry. My prayer is that we would be stirred. I don't want to put you on a guilt trip. It's between you and God. I just want to see passion begin to rise in us as these people. For God to stir us and to... That old prayer, Lord, start with me. Start with me. Start with that prayer. So I'm going to put another call because this is what I felt in preparing... This sermon is that huge, bro. In our lives, some of us know people who are sick, that is struggling. People know family members that are struggling with anxiety depression, probably more so than ever with COVID. And just people struggling with different illnesses, etc, etc. Voter being one. So I've asked these guys to sing that song, I Speak Jesus. And this song came into my life at quite a, like a interesting season and when you get into those places and in those situations we're at that point where nothing else matters but Jesus and you hit that place and it's like God I need you above my intelligence and my cleverness and all the things that I think So I want to create space again, because I don't think God is finished. To either, let's maybe stand and worship, or if you want to sit, that's fine. But as we sing, if God stirs you, it's not to manipulate anyone or to hype anything up. It's for authentic engagement with Jesus. And it's also if you see or you want to see what God is doing and you want to bless someone and pray for someone, just respond. Come forward, stand up in your chair, whatever the case, put your hand up. Whatever blows your hair back and whatever connects you with Jesus. And let's allow God to continue to minister into our lives.
1: I just want to speak the name of Jesus, over every heart and every mind, because I know there is peace within my prayers, I speak Jesus, and I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Your name is power, your name is healing, your name is light. Break every strong, shine through the shadows, but light. Of Jesus from the mountain, in Jesus, and the streets, and Jesus, and the darkness over every enemy. And Jesus, for my family, I speak the Holy.
0: Take that into your week. Take it, start tomorrow or start today and then the next day and the next day and allow God to use it. Allow you to become a well for others to come and drink of what Jesus is doing in your life. Be people. Let us be a church and be the people that God is calling us to. Speak Jesus into those situations your families the darkest moments whatever you encounter, encountering speak the name of Jesus allow God to come and just be a part of that create that platform that space where his presence can rest because it's in the power of Jesus it's in his power and just be that person of faith that says God come to this place and allow him to do what he wants to do and what he like he desires that he desires that amen 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 have a lovely week guys be encouraged be blessed and bless others amen